0: You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we're gearing up for war with our series Built for Battle as we go through each piece of the armor of God.
1: Man, I'm going to wade right into this thing. and uh, When I come with a, a, a mindset that I have uh, showed up here today I, I, I like to remind people uh that i'm not mad but man i got my game face on and uh i want us to learn something today because the devil is uh, he's been beating uh, god's people too long can somebody say amen uh, i know you've been standing for a while not really not that long i'll I tell you what carrie she got a little short-winded right there um Stand with me as we go to Ephesians chapter six, uh, verse 14. The title of the series is Built for Battle. Last Sunday morning, we started out the series with a loin belt of truth, which is the word of God. Paul was locked up in prison, the writer, and 24 hours a day, seven days a week, he's staring at a Roman soldier and God begins to speak to him and give him vision of the armor of God that we need to be uh, suited up with that we can win the battles and the challenges of life. And I'd like to go back and recapture just a little bit of last Sunday, but I can't do it. I'm ready to go. So uh, for the second part, which is the breast plate of righteousness, but you can go online and and get caught up uh, and go back and watch last week. So here we go, the breastplate of righteousness. So as Paul continues in Ephesians 6 and 14, he reveals to us the next piece of our spiritual weaponry. We are not um, standing naked facing the enemy, which is the devil, we have been clothed in the armor of God, but too many times we stand naked when the enemy is coming against us because we have a lack of knowledge and we are not prepared to fight the battles that come our way. And this morning, I feel the Holy Spirit in the house today and and I I preached a young man's Funeral yesterday of 22 years of age, uh, and the room was completely packed with people. And this young man had taken his life. And in and, and, and my spirit, I grieved. And, and I, I've been in a place where I, I, I don't know what to say to, to people other than the word of God. And, and instead of coming in here uh, in, in a mindset of still thinking about a ball game or what you're going to do today, we better get clothed for the battle because when the devil shows up at your house and and with your child and you don't know what to do, you had better know what to do. Uh, You had better suit up with the armor of God and be ready to fight the enemy and protect your family that you won't have to go to a funeral home with your child. So I pray to God that you come alive this morning and wake up and realize this life that we're floating through is not just a fairy tale. We are on a battlefield and the devil has one thing in mind and that is to kill you and to kill me. But by God's grace and God's strength and God's power, the devil is a liar. So you need to get on your spiritual weaponry because the devil asked for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. And I'm, I'm here under the anointing of God, not cockiness, not arrogance, but with the anointing of God. And where the anointing is, strongholds gotta go. And I'm here to serve notice on the devil today. As for this house, not just my house, 267 Jewel City Boulevard, but as for this house, we're taking another step. We're getting dressed. I don't want to go home today and wonder if you learned anything. I don't want to go home no more wondering if you just checked off your box today. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 said, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Pastor Aaron, give my beautiful bride, let her lead us in prayer.
0: Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. God, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come into your house, God. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears, Lord, open our hearts, God, to be receptive to your word. God, that we would be ready, Lord, when the battle comes our way. God, I pray for those that are battling now, God. I pray, Lord, that you would give them courage. God, I pray that you would give them wisdom and insight, Lord, uh, through your word. And God, we thank you for what you're going to do. Lord, we pray for those who who don't have you, God, who, who are armorless, Lord. God, I pray that today, God, they would make that decision, Lord, to ask you into their heart, God, so that you can be on their side. And Lord, we love you and we thank you for everything. Be with our pastor. Give him a double anointing this morning in Jesus' name.
1: You may be seated. Amen. Righteousness is a weapon. Somebody say, I've got a weapon. It's our breastplate. Righteousness in in Webster meeting the standards of doing right. No matter how hard I try, I can't do right. My righteousness is but filthy rags, is what the Bible says. But my righteousness as a believer is Christ Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So I've got a few questions, but I'll share the answer later. How could righteousness be a weapon? Why would Paul call it a breastplate? In what ways does it serve as an armor? I want us to look at 2 Corinthians 6 and 7, even if you can't keep notes, write down the scripture. Then go home and focus and look at it. In 2 Corinthians 6, verse seven, Paul again refers to the righteousness as a weapon. By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. So here righteousness is plainly called an armor. Paul endured in the armor of righteousness, the righteousness of justification of Christ in Christ alone. The power to live a life of righteousness, the acts of righteousness to which Christ had called him. He endured. Study the life of Paul, of what he went through. Couldn't have made it if he hadn't been suited in the armor of God. No matter what the attacks were, Paul resorted to righteousness. He'd done the right thing. You can't do the right thing unless you've got the righteousness of Christ. It's not in your DNA. You can't have the righteousness if you don't have the loin belt of truth. If you don't study to show yourself approved and know the word of God, you'll never get clothed with the righteousness that the Lord wants you to have. So he said in the righteousness of Christ, he stood there. He proclaimed he had committed his life totally to the Lord Jesus. Totally to the Lord. He acted righteously for the sake of ministry. And that really struck me when I found that in one of my study books. No matter what he did, he did right for the ministry. And I thought back in my life of ministry works. I've tried to make the right decision that would affect the ministry even when it was about my own family. Do it right, sleep at night. No matter what, it's something I live by. Another reference where righteousness is called armor is in Isaiah 59 and 17, for he put on righteousness as a breastplate. What did Paul have in his mind as he thought of the Roman soldiers as he was locked up and he's looking at that breastplate. The breastplate is the first thing a person would notice when they they approached a Roman guard. This breastplate covers the front and the back. The heaviest piece of the armor weighing exceeding over 40 pounds. It was elaborate and it was beautiful. Can I tell you why you wear that? Because somebody wants to hurt you. Drift along in this fairy tale life. But you will be caught off guard if you're not prepared. Because there's somebody that wants to hurt you. Somebody wants to destroy you and I'm sending you a notice, but I'm also sending the devil a notice today that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Get your head up, get the word of God, get the breastplate of righteousness and get ready to fight the devil. Someone give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're in a battle. If you were not engaged in battle, you would not need the breastplate of righteousness. You would not need this kind of weaponry if we were not in a battle. I heard my mentor say something this week. He said, many people are locked up in a room with open doors. And I've chewed on that all the week and I'm sure there's many locked up by the devil in a room with many open doors. And all you gotta do is suit up with the armor of God and step through the open door that Christ has prepared for each one of us. Can someone say amen? Amen. He's a liar. The enemy is a liar. Ephesians 6 and 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil wants to assault us. The devil wants to kill us. He wants to tell us that we are not righteous and that we are of no value to God or to man. I don't know how else to say it but to say it. This young man that I preached this funeral for, the devil assaulted him. People die all the time of heart failure and cancer and everything else. But yet we stray away from talking about mental illness or depression. It comes from the devil. By his stripes we are healed. Put on the loin belt of truth. Get out of your locked up room of depression. I'm not making light of it. Seek help, seek God's help first. And every other professional help that you can find, because it all comes from God. Do you hear me? The devil wants to talk to you, he wants to chatter, he wants to tell you you're no good, that you're a failure, that you've shamed everyone around you. The devil is a liar. That's right. Jesus said in John 8 and 44, Ye are of the your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. You've got to stop listening. The greatest battle that you will ever be in is in your mind. The devil will tell you you're not loved. The devil will tell you that you're not smart enough for God to use. Can I tell you, the devil that's telling you all of those lies was so dumb, he got kicked out of heaven and you're going to listen to somebody that got kicked out of heaven? Come on. The devil wants to assault you. This is why the Holy Spirit tells us that we have righteousness as a breastplate to protect us. I don't know about you, but I need protected. The word devil is taken from the Greek word diablos. Describes one who strikes again, and again, and again, and again, and again, until finally he penetrates the mind with slanderous accusations. Again, and again, and again. We fight the same battle with the same devil and we've been given the armor of God to suit up against all the wiles of the devil and the slanders and the lies and we take it bank line and sinker every time we just swallow it and say well that's just the way it is. That's not just the way it is. God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross. He's given us the word of God. We just gotta put it on and stand. Can someone Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Ho! Woo! I'm wound up like a $3 watch. The devil delights. He delights in finding believers who do not know they are righteous because you're easy prey. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge is what the word of God says, we're easy prey. I don't wanna be easy prey, huh? I wanna be able to stand, look at the devil and say, you ain't nothing but a liar. And you have no right, you have no dominion, you have no authority over me. I've got the loin belt of truth. I've got the breastplate of righteousness and you are nobody. Someone give God a hand clap and a shout of praise in the house. Second Corinthians 5 and 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him in Christ. Nobody else, Nancy. He was sinless before he came to this earth and he was sinless when he left this earth. Perfect. Christ became sin for you and I. God has made him to be sin for us. Christ knew no sin. He lived a perfect, righteous life. His righteousness stands ideal. Ideal righteousness for man. God's people was, God's people need to understand that God's purpose is that we stand in the righteousness of Christ. Do you hear me? I'm not right. I don't do everything right. Paul said, I do the things I know not to do and I don't know, do the things that I know to do. Is there anyone in the house that you struggle that you just don't do everything the way you know you should? Could you lift your hand? The rest of you are lying right here in the house of God. When a person believes in Jesus Christ, I mean really believes. I gave an invitation at that funeral yesterday. And I'm telling you, multitudes of hands went up. But I just don't know. I'm just being honest. There has to be a sincere repentance. Sorry for your sins. Gotta be a change, Indy. Gotta be a turnaround. Can't go where I used to go. Can't do what I used to do. When Jesus moves in, the, the righteousness to the make you want to do right. And when you do wrong, he'll talk to you. He'll speak to you. Listen, we're not righteous. But God considers and credits the man's faith when we come to Jesus Christ in a sincere way. God considers our faith as righteousness. And we stand in the righteousness of Christ. Why? Why? Because God loves man. God has clothed you and I in a beautiful, bright, shining piece of armor called the breastplate of righteousness. You don't have to take the devil's lying any longer. All of his lying, slanderous threats, you don't have to take it any longer. I don't care what you've done in the past. Don't care who knows what about you. God knows it all. And when you come to God in sincere faith, God credits righteousness. He said, I'll cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. Never to be remembered again. Huh? And every time I mess up, and I say, Lord, forgive me. Whew. It's a new day. It's a new day. You don't have to take the devil's line because you're dressed for the battle. The battle most often is in our mind. I can remember down through the years thinking, well, they don't like me no more. The say, saying, you can't grow the church any longer. You've won as far as you can go because of your education. And it would kind of grab a hold of me. What lies has he been telling you that your marriage is over? Again and again and again, he tells you these thoughts. He's a liar. And a father up. Again and again and again, he tells you, your dreams are over, you need to keep dreaming. Huh? You don't have to take his lies any longer." But it takes an attitude, the correct attitude for warfare. When Roman soldiers would go and begin to leave to go into battle, their commanders would begin to give them the mindset that it is better to die on the battlefield than it is to come home in defeat. Oh my God, help me. It is better to die on the battlefield than to come home in defeat. I'm praying in my office this morning and I'm thinking about those words and I'm thinking about the multitudes of people in 28 years that are not in another church that didn't leave mad. They just got defeated on the battlefield. I'd rather die on the battlefield than to come back home in defeat. I don't know about you. If I'm playing checkers, I wanna win. If I'm playing basketball, uh, I wanna win. Get out of my face. I like to win. Why don't we have that same mentality when it comes to the battlefield against the devil and kick his hind end once in a while? My goodness. I don't know if there's anybody in the house or not, but I'm gonna preach. I'm telling you right now, you don't have to listen. You gotta have a mindset. Many have retreated, even in the church house, Many have got overwhelmed by the enemy and even though you come to church, you sit in the same pew, you clap on beat, you lift your hand, well, most of the time, I look around and this is what the men of the house do. They got their hands in their pocket. I don't know about you, but there ain't nothing in my pocket that's helped me like Jesus. I'd just rather lift my hands unto the Lord and bless the Lord and when I lift my hands, I'm getting an attitude and a mindset that I've got a weapon of praise. Anybody in the house, could you stand up this morning and lift your hands and give God a shout of praise? Oh! Well, Sister Righteous, I just don't like this kind of stuff. Then you ain't gonna like heaven. And I hope he stands you right beside me because I'll annoy you through eternity. Christ became sin for us. What's your look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to get an attitude adjustment. Come home a winner. I'm gonna say it again, come home a winner. I'm gonna say it one more time because you didn't get it. In the black church this week, my mentor said you ain't picking up what I'm putting down. Come home a winner. Come home a winner. Matthew 25 and 21, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Come home a winner. Their captains immediately began to mentally gear up their soldiers for the fight. You got a leader here that is not afraid to gear you up for the fight. Right. There's not bashful about telling you, you got to get off the milk and get on to the meat. You got to get into the word of God. You got to get into your prayer closet. You don't know if it's your kid's going to get hooked on drugs. Your kid to get stolen. You don't know what's going to happen in your marriage of 50 years. Uh, I serve you notice you better get the armor of God on for when the devil shows up at your house, you can knock the devil right out of the devil. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. I like to laugh once in a while. I figured something out just here in the last few seconds trying to look cool with this little sporty jacket on. I don't know what it's made of, but I'm sweating my rear end off. And that's a lot of rear end. Bring it home, I'm going to. Your mental attitude has everything to do with how you perform in the midst of a fight. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, get a grip on it. Look at your other neighbor. Say, neighbor, you need to grow up a little bit. I believe we all need to grow up a little bit. I'm just gonna be real, I believe the devil show up and ring your doorbell, most of you'd wet your pants. Man, I'm on a roll today, ain't I? A Negative attitude has already determined the outcome of the battle. You will be defeated. A negative attitude has already declared the outcome of the battle, you will be defeated. James 1 and 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. NIV John 20, 27, stop doubting and believe. Oh, we sing and we believe God's able to do all things. You must become mentally prepared. This is why the apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 1 and 13, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope till the end. Live a life of self-control. Peter commands us to gather up all the loose ends of our minds, my mind. I can't even lay down and pray without my mind going somewhere else. Am I the only one? And I say, devil! I do in my room, devil! I'm taking captive my thoughts. You gotta talk to him. Peter commands us to gather up all these loose ends. You gotta prepare yourself both emotionally, but also intellectually. Knowledge, somebody say knowledge. knowledge. You have to know. You gotta know, you gotta know, you gotta know, you gotta know that God has made you righteous in Christ. You gotta know. How do you know? By the law and by of truth, you read the word of God. Oh my goodness. Let me share just a couple of scriptures on righteousness. I, I, I'm glad she was short-winded today because I'm long-winded. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. I'm gonna lose 10 pounds in this jacket, I'm telling you. <laughs> 10 pounds. Ain't happening no more. I'm gonna look old next Sunday. For he, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him you are righteous. If you're a believer, you are righteous. Begin to let this truth penetrate your mind and your attitude will change. This will give you a new confidence to run your race and defeat the enemy at every turn. Confidence. When I walked in that room yesterday, knowing where I was headed, I didn't walk in with arrogance, But I walked in that room, I'm just being honest with you, with confidence. Not in my ability, Pastor Rita, not in my strength. But I walked in that room yesterday with a word from God and I was standing in his righteousness. Proverbs 3 and 26, for the Lord shall be thy confidence. That's your confidence. That's what you get when you suit up. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you need to quit walking in your own confidence. <laughs> this thought just came to my mind. I remember walking into a bank 29 years ago. Said I need to borrow $205,000. Don't have no money, don't have no down payment. Well, you better have real strong co-signers. Nope, ain't asking nobody. The co-sign, well, we can't give you $205,000. I stood up, true story, John Saripa a colleague. I said, sir, the Lord told me to come here and you're gonna give us $205,000. God sent me here. He said, what's your total income? I said, the church is about $1,300 a month. He did the numbers of first payment it was going to be twenty some hundred a month. He didn't have a lot of confidence. And I said, "Well, I'll never mention money. But you call me when your board decides to give us the money. I won't. I'm not going to beg the church people. I'm not going to ask nobody to sign." But in a couple of weeks, my phone rang. Guess what? We got the loan. Confidence, not in my might, but in Him. Come on, if you're going to give God a hand clap of praise for what he's done, give him a hand clap of praise. We believers are dressed in righteousness. Romans 5 and 17, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. This verse is saying that when a believer finally grabs a hold of the truth that God has graciously imparted righteousness to him, the knowledge that comes from that will change your life. Change your life. Moving from a life of defeat to a life of victory. Man, that's good stuff. You've been getting beat up long enough. You hear me? A new source of confidence. (laughs) That new sense of righteousness will impart an incredible confidence to your spiritual life. I wanna read something to you out of 1 John 5 and 13. The apostle John says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Most people, even in the church house, I ask them if, if you was to die today, would heaven be your home? And most people say, I hope so. I like to slap them. I hope so. Are you kidding me? This is your soul you're talking about. This is eternal life. The difference between hell in heaven that you may believe on the name of the Son of God and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. The word confidence is taken from the Greek word, help me Jesus, that's not the Greek word, this is it. Parousia and it's been translated in other places as boldness, boldness, somebody say boldness. 1 John 5 and 14, and this is the confidence, in other words, and this is the great boldness that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to what? His will, he heareth us, and if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desired of him. An attitude of righteousness will profoundly affect your prayer life. When you are not in right standing with God, your prayer life don't go nowhere. When I am not in right standing with God, I know that my prayers are not gone. But brother, when you get in the righteousness of Christ and you know and you're doing the right thing because you've got the loin belt of truth, you've got the breastplate of righteousness, you will make the right decisions in life. And when you know you're right and you bow before the King of glory, you can talk to him and you can ask him because you know you are in right standing. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. There is a powerless religion versus a powerful religion. In Acts three, can you stand with me? Can you stand if I promise to just to keep you about another hour? In Acts chapter three, please don't lose focus with me. Peter and John were going to the temple At the hour of prayer, the Bible teaches us, when suddenly they saw a man who had been crippled for many years. Listen to this. In Acts chapter three, verse one and two, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. At the hour of prayer. You know what my mind went to, Pastor Rita? It wasn't her first trip there. They wasn't going to get something new they were going to maintain something they already had. That came to me this morning. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, lame, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. I I prayed this morning and asked God for some fresh bread, I did. And something just came to me, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple daily. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. You lay at the gate and you leave. Somebody carries you back home spiritually speaking. This gate was absolutely gorgeous area, the temple. It was called a beautiful gate by the people, decorated with all kind of ornaments and columns and just beautiful. And it made me think of when we were over in the Holy Lands and all across this great world, there's temples with just beautiful drawings and, and gold and everything else. And quite often it's deader than four o'clock. Deader than four o'clock. Powerful. Religion or powerless? What do you have today? As beautiful this gate was, the man had never found healing there. You walk in this building and every time I walk in, I say, wow. I do. I say, wow. We don't have the beautiful pictures. We don't have the gold hanging All But wow. Wow. That you can come in every week and leave the same way that you've come. Trapped up in your mind, locked up in a room with open doors. That's a picture of what religion has to offer a form of godliness, but denying the power. Form of godliness. Religion will leave you the same way it found you. You need to hear me today. I'm telling you. People say, well, I'm religious. I'll say, well, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be arrogant or rude. I'm sorry. Acts chapter three, verse three, who's seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, ask an alms. And Peter fastening his eyes upon him, with John, and said, look on us. The word upon is taken from the Greek word, is, which means into, Peter and John said, look into me. And I'm standing here this morning, not out of arrogance, but out of confidence and boldness in the power of God, saying, look into me. Because I've got something in me that is life changing. Not religion, but Christ and Christ alone. Look into me. You fought those battles long enough, those struggles long enough. Get committed to God. Put on the loin belt of truth. Get the breastplate of righteousness. Make a commitment not to Sunday morning. I love going away and getting away as much as anybody else. I'm just gonna tell you something that's bothering me. Preparing for months, months, it. This place ought to be packed with our people. Packed. When we get to the place where we say, I'm st-, "Even if you're on the mountain, when you're close, you say, "I'm standing in the gap for somebody else." Yeah. Huh? Yeah. This means war. Built for battle, this means war. The word upon us is taken from that Greek word "look into." Peter declared, look at me, look at me. Why did Peter say this? Because he knew what he had. How can I be confident today? Because I know what I got. Oh boy. Years ago, I'd play poker. Before Christ, I'm not saying you got to quit playing. It just depends on what you're doing. If it's for fun, I guess it's okay. But gambling ain't okay. But that's okay. Uh, No, that ain't okay. I'm in a mess right here. I worked in the coal mines. And coal miners know if somebody throws the water out of the bucket, that means they're striking. And someone would throw the water out of the bucket, we'd go to the local watering hole at Grant Town and play poker all night long. And I love playing poker, Anthony when I knew what I had in my hand, huh? I had confidence when I knew what I had in my hand. And I got confidence this morning because I know what I got inside of me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So you need to look on me, my, my, my. And he gave heed unto them expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such, somebody say such, Such. as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he said, rise up and walk. Actually, Peter wasn't giving that man a such, he was giving that man a who, and his name is Jesus Christ. I ain't got no silver, I ain't got no gold, but such as I have, I give unto you. His name is Jesus Christ. Get up out of your mess, get up out of your lameness and walk. Somebody give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Peter and John released the power of God and the man, the lame man's body, and he was healed. I was thinking about this last night. I came in this pulpit last Sunday morning, man, I was jacked up too. This whole series has got me and I came with the boldness and the confidence of the anointing of God and Pastor Aaron tells me that eight people were saved last Sunday morning. I I counted seven. He counted eight. But anyhow, uh, uh, that is what the Lord does for people. Huh? Huh? Every head bowed and every eye closed. I got, believe it or not, I got three or four more pages. But I'm gonna quit. The righteous are never permanently affected by afflictions. Whatever's been going on in your life that is afflicting you, it's not permanent. Do you hear me? Psalms 37 and 17, for the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. Our prayer team, make your way to the altar. They're here. The righteous always outlast. Do you hear me? When you're walking in the righteousness of Christ, you will always outlast any attack that comes against you. Almost 40 years ago in Chicago, Illinois, I was in an insurance seminar and I can still remember the instructor, the last things he said to us after two or three days of instruction. He said, do it right, sleep at night. I forgot everything else he said. Do it right, sleep at night. Proverbs 10 and 30, the righteous shall never be removed. (laughs) Never, somebody say, I'm not moving. Somebody say like I mean it, I'm not moving every head bowed and every eye closed all over this sanctuary this morning. Are you tired? Is anybody tired of thinking about the same old attack from the devil? Maybe somebody would be honest with me and say, you know, I was on fire at one time. but I can see now I've laid some of my armor down. Patty Bennett came to me this morning, said she was having a bad day yesterday. About halfway through the day, she realized I didn't suit up this morning. Why don't you just be honest with me and say, I've been lazy, I've not been dressing for the battles. I'm not where I used to be. Can I tell you, I, I can lift my hand for all of those all at different times and seasons in my life. Could you imagine if we all got it, if we all got dressed at the same time with the armor of God? Holy smokes. Huh? That makes me wanna say holy guacamole. <laughs> I'll tell you what, put your head up, put your head up. Put your head up. Open up your eyes. All over this place. You fighting a battle of alcohol? You hear the enemy say, you're not worthy. Had a lady tell me yesterday in a restaurant here close by. I walked in the the place and I hollered, hey girls, I go there all the time. She looked up and she said, when you walk in, there's such a sense of peace that comes over me. I said, it's Jesus. So why don't you come to church? Well, I'm in a relationship and not married. And I said, hey, that's a lie from the devil. You gonna get your life right before you come to Christ, before you get dressed? Ain't gonna happen. It's so all over this place this morning. I don't, maybe you're struggling smoking weed. You still smoking weed? I'm gonna ask you, you still smoking weed? Huh? And maybe you need to get dressed. You still cussing like a sailor? Still mean as a junkyard dog? Come out to church on Sunday morning and jump up and down and lift your hands, you're standing naked in front of the enemy and he's laughing at you. I'm just telling you the truth. You come in here and you're nice to me and you go home and you're mean to your wife, then you're naked in front of the enemy. Man, I could go on and on. And most people are saying, No, I'd rather you quit right now. Let's get this thing right all over the building, if you're in a battle of whatever it is, I don't care what it is, I want you to lift your hand up. If there's a battle that's always on your mind, come on, be honest, lift your hand up. I'm proclaiming that today, today, that giant in your life is coming down. Mindset, it's your attitude. Some people wanna stay there. I don't want to stay there. I want to go up another level. All over this building, as they begin to sing something, would you come? Would you come? You raise your hand, then I double dog dare you. That's what I heard my mentor say this week. I double dog dare you to get out of your chair, high and mighty, religious, and say, I've had enough, and I'm going to lay it down. Come, come all over. I'm quickly, I'm begging you, come come, come to a prayer team member or come to the feet of Jesus, come come come
0: on Ho! Oh, hallelujah compared to knowing you my Savior my
1: God come church, come fight it no
0: more. You were crucified so I could be set free. Come, 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 come.
1: Come home. That's
0: right.
1: That's right, cuz.
0: That's it, yes. Holy yes. slow help pray. us Lord.
1: On your door today, from the youngest that understands to the oldest, would heaven be your home? If not, why not? Why not? Jesus died for you, He loves you. Right where you're at, is every hands up? If that's you, raise your hand. Say, I want to give my life to Christ today. I see your hand, sir. Somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. Somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. My mind serves me right. You prayed that prayer last week. Jimmy, go talk to him. Explain to him. Somebody in this room. You can't tell me a room this side. because I don't have your head down and your eye closed and everybody's looking around. It's nothing to be ashamed about. Jesus hung naked on the cross, beat beyond recognition because he loved us. Somebody else in the room. Anybody is hand right here. Yes, absolutely. Somebody else. Somebody else, anyone over here, in the middle, in the side. Somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. Somebody else. My wife, go right here, pray. Come on, pray. Somebody else.
0: Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups.